Chip joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Good afternoon to you, sir. Let's just start. Are you prepared to live through what could be uh, the biggest snowstorm in 30 years, and will you be willing 30 years from now to keep talking about it over and over again as any true, (laughs) proud, even transplanted Minnesotan would do? Well, I did the most Minnesotan thing. We went out this weekend and got groceries. Um, like this, like we're never going to see civilization right. again. Um, get the bunker ready. Milk. Get the bunker ready. We with enough milk, and I, I did this to my wife. We had enough milk. I was like, maybe I should get another one. Just <laughs> <laughs> you eating like, a lot of cereal? Are we planning on eating some cereal? <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big milk guy. Like I, I, this is how it is in Tennessee. I don't know how it is in Minnesota, but we had milk with dinner. Like everybody drank yep. milk at dinner. Oh yeah, we and did too. Do. Sure, I still do. Um, my kids and wife think I'm crazy, but I love milk. Like, and you have the uh, you have the milk. you have the strongest bones of any uh, sports columnist <laughs> in the Twin Cities. It'll be it'll come in handy when I slip and crack my hip yeah. when I'm out there shuffling this week. No, I thirty years from now I'm not going to be here to Good. talk about this. Good. God willing, I'm still uh, upright and walking, mm-hmm. but I won't. I will not be in Minnesota talking about the the great storm of 2023. Yeah. Um, let's start. Uh, Red McCombs, tell us about your impressions of the Vikings under Red McCombs news that uh, the former Viking owner has passed away. Yeah, Red um, owned it before I became the beat writer. Okay. It was around that transition when they were selling it to the Wilfs um, when I came on. But obviously, he was at a time when, you know, Purple Pride yep. and Randy and that 98 and. Um, it ushered in a new wave of Vikings fans, I yes, think. Yes, it did. Uh, yep. That 98 team, and I think Red was a big part of that. He was a showman, and, you know, the way he dressed and was, you know, out there and Purple Pride and all that, it, it fed into that that kind of new wave of Vikings fans that we still have today. I think that team and that ownership changed it. Car salesman, right? I mean, he's got the car salesman, yeah. the, 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 I mean, they're just kind of the larger-than-life kind of personality. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was hard because, you know, I'm not sure uh, a lot of people trusted him. Anytime you're an outsider and you, you come in and you're so different, um, he had to, you know, earn that trust, and there was probably always that fear of, you know, is he going to move the team? Yep. You know, what's he going to do here? Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, him along with that team really injected that organization with some excitement um, and, you know, the way that – the Moss, Carter, Culpepper uh, group, what they did in terms of just reestablishing excitement and, and um, kind of cultivating a new type of fan was, you know, instrumental. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, let's uh, talk about the Minnesota Wild. They do this deal that sends Ryan O'Reilly to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, a uh, three-team deal involving, the obviously, the St. Louis Blues in Toronto. Um, yeah. For, explain to me uh, – the reasoning behind this and how this helps the wild in the future. I think it's, I think it's for cap flexibility. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if I'm reading it right and uh, cause it's they owe like 25% of it, right. Uh, they're, of his salary. And yeah. I think it's for cap flexibility. And it, it's interesting. I'm going to be writing about this later this week. If you're Billy Garen, how do you approach this trade deadline? Because, to me, last year it was a no-brainer. That that was one of the best teams in the NHL. They could score. Um, I think at the trade deadline they were second in the West. You yep. felt like, okay, this is the time to go all in. All in. Yep. And, and and this you know this wild team with 
how inconsistent they've been. They can't score. I looked it up today. They're 25th in the league in goals. But they're still a playoff team. They're still getting, you know, pretty good uh, goaltending for the most part. Defensively, they're good for the most part. But they're just so inconsistent. But the Western Conference is not as tough as it it was that we've seen. You know, I looked at it today. uh, There's six teams in the East that have more points than the top team in the West. Hmm. So it's not as – it's not like there's um, these great teams in the West where you, you feel like it's a lost cause. But in saying that, I don't think I would mortgage the future, get rid of future assets for a rental player no. to try to marginally improve this team. I just think this is sort of a, you know, as someone put to me today, uh, they're not good enough to win a championship, but they're not so bad that, you know, they're just the lost cause or, you know, they're sort of in between. And, and right. I agree with that. And so I, I'm curious to see. Um, how Billy Guerin handles this trade deadline. And I, I I won't fault him if he just stays pat and says, you know what, we're going to let this team be what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's, you know, it's that tough spot of, you know, because of like in the NBA and the, and the NHL, you know, so many teams make the playoffs. So you make the playoffs, you know, you kind of have that false hope. And at the same time, you're not bad enough to actually really improve your team in the draft. It's kind of, you kind of get stuck in mediocrity. Well, that's where that's where the wild was forever. Yes, I mean it was you know just kind of good enough to be a playoff team, but not good enough to be a serious playoff team. And and the, you know from their standpoint, and Craig Leopold's been this way. Is like he always wants to be competitive. He always wants to uh, you know have give a chance, let the team be in the playoffs because they always say you never know. And, it, and it's, to some degree, that's true in the NHL. We've seen. Seven, eight seeds get hot. Yep. A goalie gets hot, and they, you know. But if you're taking an honest appraisal and, and trying to be realistic about where you're at, I think you can see that you know is this team ready to contend for a championship? Probably not. You know, I, I just don't think they have the firepower. They don't have the depth, um, and so you know that that is you're you're sort of stuck in that good but not great yep. loop, and. Um, but they, you know, and and rightfully, you know, rightfully so. The teams in this market, I mean, the Vikings have been in that. Uh, we, you know, they said we don't really want to bottom out. You know, I mean, that was the whole when the Vikings made their leadership change this, this last uh, year. I mean, what was it? Mark Will said we want a competitive rebuild. Competitive so rebuild, yes. T- these owners are just really hesitant because they have to sell tickets. Yeah, they're hesitant to say, you know what, we're going to bottom out and try to get a really high draft pick. They just don't want to go that route. Leading our conversation to the Minnesota Timberwolves now, uh, the All-Star break. Uh, did you pay much attention to All-Star festivities in, uh, in in Utah? I watched the dunk contest with my son, and, you know, surprisingly, I thought it was pretty interesting. I've been really down on it in recent years, and, you know, just having four guys in it and four guys you've never really heard of, not right. the stars. I actually thought it was entertaining. Uh, McClung obviously was, you know, fantastic. Um the all-star game was dreadful. I tried to, I watched the first quarter and I just, it, it was, it was unwatchable. You don't, um, you don't like scoring? What, what's the problem? <laughs> I mean, it was just, I tried. I really tried to watch it because I wanted to see how uh, Anthony Edwards did, but it was just, uh, it was just awful. Yeah. I mean, to sit there, I mean, there's just literally no defense being played and just let guys just drive down and dunk it or throw off the back. I mean, it just, that that's yeah. not for me. No. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think it was. I thought it was cool. Two things that came out of there that I really, from a Timberwolves perspective, the fact that LeBron uh, took Ant with the first pick, um, his first draft pick of the reserves. Yes. I thought 
that was telling about that's what LeBron thought about things mm-hmm. about Anthony Edwards. And two, I loved Anthony Edwards um, during the press uh, media day there talking about load management and not wanting to sit out games. And it, like, that's the one thing he would change about the NBA is having, you know, players play. I thought that was, you know, for a 21 year old, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty mature thing to, to say. And I hope he, I hope he sticks with that. I know as you get older, his opinion might, might change on that, but for now, playing every game matters to him and he doesn't want to sit out. And I, I love that uh, approach. So other than Anthony Edwards and watching him uh, for the last part of the NBA season, Timberwolves fans should be uh, excited about what? What is going on with cat? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we <laughs> that to me is, what is going on with cat? I mean, I mean, I know he has the, the calf injury. When is he coming back? Is he coming back? Um, how is that going to look when he does come back? Because it was such a short stint, and it wasn't good uh, with this experiments with him and Gobert and the you know the two bigs and how's that going to work? And um, we've seen them readjust and uh, reinvent who they are, going you know the offense and having Ant facilitate everything, and him being the clear number one, and him having space to kind of drive and dictate things. Well, now, if you bring Cat back, and I'm still operating under the assumption he is coming back, uh, even though we haven't been given a timetable, how does that disrupt the chemistry, the the look, the flow, everything that they've established since he's been out? To me, that's, you know, obviously the most intriguing thing is how is he going to fit and kind of reincorporate with this team? Um, it's, for some reason, and I, it's, it's still strange to me that P.J. Fleck is such a polarizing figure in this market. Um, uh, but – you did a piece on how he's teaching at the Carlson School of Management. I thought it was very enlightening as to uh, the, gives us a little more idea of who P.J. Fleck is and how people at the school recognize that and are using him to their benefit. Yeah, you know, I had heard that he's teaching a, uh, a half-semester course, uh, 13 uh, classes all. It's like a seven-week course. It's a leadership, you know, for uh, undergrads there at the Carlson School of Management, and they uh, – Ask if he would be willing to take part and be a co-instructor is, is, is a, his official title. And he said, yeah, because, you know, his, he graduated his degree with you know, elementary education, and he's always talked about how he wanted to be a teacher if he didn't get in coaching. And so they, they allowed me to sit in on a lecture, and it was the full P.J. Fleck experience. I mean, it was 90 minutes of P.J. being on, and he, he finished with – he had an analogy about how leadership is fragile, and he, he dropped a vase on the floor and shattered. It was, it was just – um, but it was, I mean, you could tell he's getting a kick out of it and he actually puts a lot of, uh, preparation into it. I mean, his, his lecture was 75 minutes and then they had some, it was a 90 minute class and they had some Q and a after, but yeah. and he's doing four of them. So about a third of them. So he, he really seems to be enjoying it. And the, and the Carlson school people are ecstatic that he said, yes, and we're able to fit it in his schedule. I wonder if he's doing the vase bit every class as he's going through a lot of target <laughs> vases, if that's the case, but uh, I love the description of that. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, but he puts, a, you know, he has this whole presentation with the video and uh, different kind of clips that he puts in there. So it's it's not something he's just walking in, winging every time. I mean, he, he's uh, clearly giving a lot of thought in what he wants to to say in his lecture. Uh, this is the first time I've been able to talk to you since uh, your piece on the Red Lake uh, came out, and I just wanted to tell you how great the piece that was again, and thank you for that work. That's such uh, that's what journalism is, and that, it was just fantastic. And I wanted to, I, I, to get, I appreciate it absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful piece to do, and there's been a lot of cool things that have come about because of it, and uh, just the response that he's gotten from the community has just been fantastic. 
Well, go drink some milk. Don't let uh, you bought seven <laughs> jugs of milk. So we want to make sure you uh, drink that up and save some because uh, you might not get out of the house for the next several days. <laughs> I'm covered with milk, so I'm, go. I'm good. No more milk. Thanks, Chip. It, Have a great day. Yep, there goes Chip Scoggins uh, from the Star Tribune on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Two twenty now on CCL. So how on the list is milk for you uh, stocking up before a big storm? With the kids, you got to have the milk. I suppose in the house. you got to have milk. But I'm like, well, I'm not like you're still I don't, a milk guy. I don't drink milk every night for dinner, but a couple nights a week, a nice glass of milk hits the spot. Yeah. Absolutely, ice does. cold milk. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I rarely drink milk anymore. I like chocolate milk. Chocolate. Milk's I still love chocolate. Milk. So good. Yes. Anyhow, it's a good for your workouts. That's right. That's they what said I've that Zach Parisi used to say that. Kevin Love was endorsing right. chocolate milk for a long time. I have heard Maybe that, though, does. that chocolate milk is like the best sports drink you could drink. You get that was protein. The protein after your workout, right? A little bit of sugar, probably, mm-hmm. to rebuild. Convincing me to stop at the store tonight and pick up about eight jugs of chocolate milk. <laughs> it's health food, huh? That's right. <laughs> Doing what I got to do. Yeah, the pre-made stuff is pretty good. Like That comes in the, like the Kemp's chocolate oh, milk. Oh, yeah. Very rich, very thick, <laughs> delicious. They must use the, that vitamin D milk, <laughs> the thick milk. That's uh-huh. the best for the cereal too. The thick milk. The list. Wait, wait, wait. The the whole milk. Whole milk is, is the best for your cereal. Oh yeah. Oh, I disagree. Really? Yeah. You like a thinner milk? I, not a, you're not putting skim in there. Right? Oh well, for years and years and years. Now we buy two percent. We're off the whole milk for the girls. We've uh, yeah weaned them off. Yeah, lightened it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean for. Man, once I was probably seven, eight years old, and we transitioned to skim. I was a skim really person all the way until we had kids myself. Yeah. See, most people, that's like they're down on the skim milk. I, like I mean, I don't skim. mind skim, but like for cereal, yeah, it's got to be like a little. It's got to be a little thickness to it. Well, to each their own. So what are so what's the number one thing you'd stock up on before a storm? I think we learned toilet paper in this country has to be it, right? TP. You got to make sure you got, to make set, sure you got TP. TP, your paper goods. I think most people are probably maybe a bottle of wine or uh, make sure they got a little booze in the house mm-hmm. if they're stuck inside. Get yourself a case, absolutely. Yep. Uh, what else? 651-461-9226. Something you're stocking up on ahead of this snowmageddon. We should tomorrow come up with a name for this storm. We, can, we have named storms now, so we should try to figure out a good name for the storm. But... Yeah, for me, I got to make sure there's a little red wine in the house. Okay. Um, peanut butter, you got to have peanut butter. Sure. Know, peanut butter is universal. You can use it in many different. You can eat it right out of the jar. Put it on bread. I put. I like uh, my. I put a little peanut butter on tortillas. Mm, okay. Roll them up. Do you like add a banana in there or something? Or just the peanut butter just and tortilla? The peanut butter. Okay. Peanut butter and tortilla. Roll it up. I usually rip the tortilla in half, so I'm not having the entire tortilla. So just a little snack. You're watching your figure. Yeah. You can mix it with some chocolate. That's always good. Peanut butter. No. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Dinty Moore, someone says. Cans upon cans of Dinty Moore beef stew. I think that might be my dad texting in. He's a big Dinty Moore Is guy. he? Oh, Still loves, likes the Dinty Moore loves beef stew? Loves the Dinty. Loves the Dinty to my, uh, to my mom's disdain, yes. Easy meal. Uh-huh. What's wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with no. that. Crack that baby open. Open the can. Probably eat it cold, too. Absolutely, you can. You can eat SpaghettiOs cold. You like SpaghettiOs? No. Nah. Kids into the SpaghettiOs? 
No. Um, That's kind of I miss, but I miss the SpaghettiO years. I never, I never really had SpaghettiOs growing oh, up. Oh, we always had SpaghettiOs. Okay. Yeah. Now my was, my wife with her Crohn stuff. Every once in a while, she gets a you know the t- stomach isn't just right. Yeah. That is one of her about three go to really? foods. SpaghettiOs. Yes, when she's got some stomach pain going and she still needs to eat. I don't know what it is about SpaghettiOs, but that just hits her the right way. Yeah, SpaghettiOs, man, like SpaghettiOs and like a piece of white bread with just a thick slab of peanut butter on it. Then you dip <laughs> that, you fold it in half, dip it into your SpaghettiOs. Oh, peanut butter and SpaghettiOs. Like, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. Sounds rancid, don't knock it till but you go try ahead. It. Uh, I'll be calling this storm the white wine of 23, a very good year. Very good. Mm. Bacon and eggs. The storm has been named Olive. Oh, it is. So we have already got a name. Olive, really? Do you have to buy some olives? Martini time. There you go. Uh, martini. Um, yeah, it's been named Olive by the Weather Channel. Well, the Weather Channel gets to name our storms now? Yes. Jim Cantore. Jim Cantore. Will he be here? Oh, he should you be. Know you're in, you know you're in, uh, in line for some trouble if Jim Cantore shows up at your airport. <laughs> you probably do not want to be at, in the town uh, where, that, where he shows up. Um, skim milk looks like cloudy blue water, half and half on my cereal. It's great. It's great on grape nuts or granola. Jeez, Carter, are you eight years old? I, I'm not saying I eat it all the time. In fact, I can't even tell you the last time I had SpaghettiOs. But yeah, that's one of my weird food fetishes. It's okay. Yeah, we've all got them. Six five one four six one nine two two six. It is President's Day, and this is a good talker. You brought this one up. And I did a little. have to do a little research because it's hard to remember. So many people have played the President of the United States mm-hmm. on either film or television. So if there were a Mount Rushmore of TV presidents or film movie presidents, who would be on Mount Rushmore of uh, fictional U.S. presidents? Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Uh, so... Actors who've played uh, or actresses who've played the U.S. president, who is on the Mount Rushmore of uh, fictional presidents? Fictional, fictional. That's a good word, too. <laughs> fictional presidents. 651 461 9226. Let's go. Very good. Deep cut. Not Swifty, but Zachary Taylor. That's right. Zachary Taylor. Tippy Canoon. No, that was. John Tyler. Yeah, let's stick and, and Tyler, Tyler too. 651 By the way, the bumper music associated with presidents today, the artist has, uh, you leave a president's name in the uh, band or individual title. Uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, that was, uh, what was that one? With Annette Benning, I believe. That the American president. The American president. Uh, that's our, if I'm going with mine, though, so I had to look. See, I've never been a West Wing guy. I mean, I've seen several episodes of the West Wing, but I was never like a diehard West Wing, and I understand there are people who that is the end-all, be-all of uh, political television. So uh, Martin Sheen as uh, Jeb Bartlett, President mm-hmm. Jeb Bartlett, uh, would rank high on many people's list, and we've already got a couple of uh, texts to that effect. But I'm going with... First and foremost, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as um, Selena Meyer from Veep. A little spoiler alert, she does uh, become president on the on the Thanks show. Thanks a lot. 
Sorry. Thanks. Oh, it's still worth it to watch. Uh, very funny show, and she's dynamite in that role. So she's up there on the Mount Rushmore of uh, fictional presidents. Um, we always we talk about Bill Pullman, right, uh, in Independence Day. Decent. Not, not a bad choice. I don't know if he ranks up there on the Mount Rushmore, though. By the know. way, if we had real presidents on Mount, Mount Rushmore, who would be on it? Yeah, it's just kind of a famous American thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're presidents. If we put some presidents up there, mm-hmm. uh, it would be a tough call. I don't know. I like Pullman. I think he's got to make like the to list. You like Bill Pullman? You know, he had the great speech. Yep. He uh, put his money where his mouth is, got in that fighter jet. That's right. And took out them aliens. <laughs> um, someone suggests Jeff Bridges, the contender. Bonus points because he's the dude. Also, his father, Lloyd Bridges, let us not forget, played the president of the United States in Hot Shots Part Dew. Mm. <laughs> Very funny performance. <laughs> um, lots of uh, votes for Morgan Freeman from Deep Impact. I don't know if I've seen Deep Impact. I think I saw it when it came out, but it's been a long time. Uh, Kevin Klein in the movie uh, Dave. Yeah, that's a good one. He plays a guy who looks just like the real president. And has to uh, fill in. Um, that's a good one. I'm trying to think else. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Oh yeah, well I suppose we can do uh, Saturday Night Live presidents, right? Absolutely, you can. Someone says Daryl Hammond is Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Phil, Hart- see my Bill. Phil Hartman is my Bill Clinton choice. He's the, the original. He was the original. He did the uh, the bit where he goes into the McDonald's during the jog. <laughs> Grabbing Warlords. a burger. Warlords. <laughs> oh, yeah. Da- Daniel Day-Lewis is Lincoln. Yes. Of course, that he's portraying. But that's still, I mean, does that count? I think it does. I think it does. I mean, I, I guess you did say fictional president. <laughs> <laughs> fictional. Um, fictional. That's a George Bushism. Um Harrison Ford and Air Force One. President James Marshall. Was that his name? That's a good presidential name. Um, what else we got here? 651-461-9226. Is it considered, can we allow ourselves to say Kevin Spacey was really good as a president in House of Cards? See, House of Cards, by the time he became president, though, that show, for me, got pretty bad. The first season of House of Cards... I'll put up there with some of the best television ever offered. Mm-hmm. But then it, boy, it fell off the cliff to me. I thought it fell off the cliff when he got shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was, it was like half the season was, you know, these hallucinations he was having, you know, while in a hotel bed or hotel, a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. I, I, it lost me for there. But once he recovered and was back in the Oval Office, I yep. thought the show picked up again. Uh, very nicely, and then of course we had to and he kick him off for, for the reason. last uh, last season. Jack Nicholson and Mars Attack <laughs> is such a terrible. Movie. And two out of three ain't bad, <laughs> <laughs> or no? And that ain't bad. Um, we still got two of three branches of government in operation, and that ain't bad. Uh, Tia Leone. A couple people suggesting Tia Leone. That was um, oh, what's that show? Um, Leone was, uh, oh, yeah, Madam Secretary. She became Madam President. Killer show, someone says. Um, someone Sam Rockwell is uh, George W. Bush in the movie Vice, if we're counting 
uh, portrayals of real presidents. Aaron Eckhart from Olympus in London has fallen. He's a good actor. Uh, Frank Langella, Frost Nixon. Yes, very good one. President Palmer from the TV show 24. Uh, that was Dennis uh, Haysburg. Yes. Mr. Allstate. Right. That's how or, I knew him, and then I saw him pop up in 24. This guy's an actor? <laughs> really? I had no idea. See, to me, he's uh, Pedro Serrano from uh, Major League. I had no idea it was the same guy because he's you know, got the hair, he's, head shaved. And, he's very bad to drink Joe Booz rum. Mm-hmm. He's very bad. That's for bats. <laughs> Keep bats warm. Um, yeah, Designated Survivor Series on Netflix with Keith, Kiefer Sutherland. Great show, Angie. But he wasn't the president, though, or was he? Well, if he was the designated survivor. He wasn't the president. He would have been the member of the cabinet. Well, but after the, I assume everyone, oh, there was an incident. Thanks for spoiling and, it for me. I, well, it's, it's kind of the name of the show. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the show is about him just saying, you know, I wasn't hoping for it, but a little part of me yeah. was. Alec Baldwin is Trump. Eh, that got old. Um, I mean, Dana Carvey is the George elder Bush. Bush. Yeah, George H.W. Bush. Will Ferrell as the younger Bush. Yes. We had um, Phil Hartman did Ronald Reagan. That was another great one where he pretends like little, hello, girl. You know, and then, <laughs> then she leaves the room. All right, back to work. And he's like <laughs> totally out of character for Ronald Reagan. 651-461-9226. We see your phone calls and texts coming in. We'll take a break. Mount Rushmore of fictional presidents. Next. Lincoln Park. You got it. Lincoln Park. Minus the uh, L-I-N-K-N. Yeah, we're spelling it a yeah, little differently, right. but it's I'll good accept enough for it. me. I'll accept it. Uh, by the way, it's 2.50. That is your Lindus Construction time check. Time to plan your spring decking project. John Schuster, a guy John Schuster chiming in. Yes, he mentioned uh, Jebediah Bartlett, Jeb Bartlett from uh, West Wing. Thank you so much, John. That was mentioned. I think a lot of people uh, put him up there. Jamie Foxx, White House Down. He was the president of the movie White House Down. He was smoking it pretty good, playing a big role as president, and some great one-liners. Got to have some great one-liners if you're going to be president. I forgot about this movie called uh, My Fellow Americans. It was um, Jack Lemmon and James Garner as two former U.S. presidents, and Dan Aykroyd was the current U.S. president at the time. Kind of a funny movie. Not a lot talked about. Um we talked about uh, where was the other one? Oh, some Keith Carradine was also pl- playing the president of the United States in uh, Madam Secretary. We also talked earlier about um, stocking up for the for the storm, something that is just kind of instinctive uh, in us heading to the store. So, what are the top items? Um, the top number, uh, the top items you're, you're going to. Somebody chimed in from Pine City. Worked at the liquor store in Pine City. Just the threat of a snowstorm brought people in all kinds of alcohol sold. It was always nuts to work during the snowstorm, too. It was very slow during the storm. Since I lived just a couple of blocks away, I uh, still worked. Got to keep that liquor store open. I think we got a text on this during the break, too. Mm-hmm. But now another caller off air uh, recommending Leslie Nielsen as President Baxter Harris. In Scary Movie 4. Scary Movie 4. <laughs> now, I mean, Leslie Nielsen can pull off a president. Uh, no problem. 
If it had been President Frank Drebin, it's, that would I have think been, I'd be more in support. That would have been um, Naked Gun. Did they make three of them? So it would have been the fourth one where he would have, of course, Frank Drebin in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, uh, the Naked Gun movies still, they hold up. John Voight. Did John Voight play the president in something? Um, I can't. I'd have to look that up. Boy, it seems familiar, but I can't picture it right now. You have to have a certain gravitas if you're going to play the president of the United States. Um, Gina Davis played president. Uh, played the president. Um, I forget the name of that movie too. Um, somebody knows that six five one four six one nine two two six. Again, we've established this earlier though during. Um, Commander-in-Chief. Commander-in-Chief. Gina Davis. Gina Davis, yes, thank you. Um, the, the President's Day holiday, it's nice. I mean, I have free parking. Thank you, Mr. Presidents, all all of you, all 46 of you. Um, but it's, a, it's kind of a pointless holiday. Fe- February got all the bad holidays. Groundhog Day, ugh. <laughs> President's Valentine's Day, ugh. Okay, all right. And now... Uh, President's Day, kind of lame. February, and they got a lot of them. I mean, three—that's a lot of holidays in one month. It is impressive for a twentieth month, for you a twenty-eighth, twenty-eight uh, day month. Yeah, but yeah, they got this short end. So, are you saying we should not celebrate it at all, or just take away the? You know, a lot of people get the day off. I mean, don't thing. we? I mean, count. Don't we always think? I mean. Do we need a day to celebrate our presidents? I plan on going home and getting a mattress today. Sharing some, you know, presidential trivia with yes, my wife right. and kids. Oh, and stop it! See you what they discuss not. today. And, honey, which presidents have impacted your life the most? <laughs> pre pre eighteen fifty. All right, we. I want to, you know. Right, you got to test your knowledge. Yeah, you know. I, are you a John Adams or a Quincy Adams guy? <laughs> I know it's you know you can go one way or the other. I don't know. But don't be wishy-washy on this one. Come I on. just answer everything with Millard Fillmore. <laughs> I just like saying Millard Fillmore. You don't, good name. don't hear a lot of Millards anymore. Not a lot of Millards still around. <laughs> we bring it. We could bring it back. Bring it back. My old names have come back. Maybe I'll name my next dog Millard. Millard. Yeah, good name for a dog. It would be. Yeah. Millie for short. If it's uh, if you want to go that way. Yeah. Uh, somebody says FDR. That was a real president. Uh, I don't know. Did somebody play FDR? At some point, yeah, it was didn't Bill Murray play Franklin Delano Roosevelt? I believe he did. And uh, oh, what was the name of that movie? I could be totally wrong here, but I th- I swear Bill Murray played FDR in some movie. Am I right? Uh, Hyde Park. Hyde Park. On Hudson. On Hudson. Thank you. Twenty twelve. I didn't. British historical things. comedy. How do you remember that? Wow. I have no idea. Good for you. Um, FDR, nice little run in the White House there. Yeah, what, four terms. Four terms. Not bad. Uh, Jason coming up next. Uh, he is a basking uh, in, in the sunshine there in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, uh, with Dan Cook, those lucky dogs. Uh, he will be uh, broadcasting there all week, talking all things twins. Spring training has started. We need a little spring thoughts right now as uh, the twins uh, start their full first day of workouts today, I believe it was. Was that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's official. It's official. Baseball season is coming. Uh, so he'll be there. Chad is off all week. Again, we've established Chad is in Hawaii, and Dave and I are still here all week.
Now, you're saying you might get a hotel room out of this deal. Well, I, th- I like that angle. I mean, Laura's coming in here at 2 o'clock. It just seemed like, at, you know, at noon it was bad. Mm-hmm. At 1 it was it keeps worse. getting worse. 2 o'clock it's, you know, Armageddon. At this point, um, is WCCO in position to spring for a downtown hotel room uh, Wednesday night into Thursday? Because I'm getting a little nervous. Got to be on the air. You got to be on the air. Try Someone's out the new be here to push uh, the buttons. Hotel Indigo across the street. Hey. Just calling your name. They got a lounge, right, probably? Yeah. Are you going to stay with me, or are you just going to say they're going to say you got to, you know, hang out and do the show from home? If they're willing to put me up in a hotel, I'm get a staycation out of it. I'll wow. stay. Wow, wow, that's not sure like Jen in the same room. That. We're not going to be in the same room. No, room, no, right? no, no. But uh, no, hmm. I can do that. You'd have the option to do the show from home, but you'd rather stay away from your wife and kids. Okay. No, I think she'd rather stay away from me right now. <laughs> I think that's probably a given. Um, so, might be in the doghouse. You never know. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, we got to find somebody to do Ask Adam Anything since I'll be uh, manning, the, manning the, the main chair. Can't do two jobs at once. No. No, it's too much. Too big of too a much, role. Too much. Too much. We got Rena tomorrow. No, Jamie Ucas. Jamie tomorrow. All right. And uh, Senator Matt Senator Klein. Senator Matt Klein. Talking sports Sports betting. gambling, another bill to be introduced tomorrow. Is this the year we'll finally get sports betting? Jason from sunny FLA coming up on CCL.